0: Less than a month into the new four year term of the Bloomington City Council, and already there's a vacancy. Welcome to the 812. After less than 40 days, Shruthi Rana, the first-ever representative from the newly drawn District 5, which had had no incumbent member of council living within it, will vacate her seat to take a job in another state. The state of Indiana, in its infinite wisdom, does not require cities to treat their elected legislators as more than part-time employees. One reason why they say, I guess, that it's hard to find good help nevertheless three candidates have filed to replace her as the district 5 representative on the city council we're inviting all three of them courtney daly jason moore and jenny stevens as well as Truthy rana herself to come on the show we hope each of them will join us as soon as they can more about that when we meet today's guest jason moore for now though let's focus on today here's the lineup of city public meetings happening today that you fellow citizen might want to attend. Get ready. The Historic Preservation Commission meets from 5 to 7 in the McCloskey Room. They'll be considering whether a new business can put a sign on a historic building on the west side of the courthouse square in the space where darn good soup used to be. The HPC has jurisdiction over the appearances of buildings that are registered historic with the state. Listener, this is where your humble host gets to inform you of the new business going in there. It's called Taqueria Acapulco. And underneath that title on the proposed sign, it says Antojitos Street Food. Antojitos is Mexican Spanish for little cravings. Don't say this show doesn't have little scoops. Also meeting tonight is the parking commission from 530 to 7 in the hooker room. They'll be talking about a variety of different parking-related matters, such as whether 14 angled spaces in the right-of-way of North Pete Drive can be reserved for business tenants during business hours, accessible parking requests on 7th Street and on Kirkwood, whether a hotel can provide valet parking using public spaces, the current distribution of loading zones and no parking signs around the city, and the equitability of parking in Neighborhood Zone 6. Both meeting rooms mentioned above are in City Hall, 401 North Morton Street. Both meetings are attendable in person or by Zoom. You can find out more by visiting the city's website, bloomington.in.gov. Full disclosure, I was the council's appointee to the parking commission from when it was created after an ordinance I wrote in 2016. As recently as last month, Right before I left council and started this show, I've applied to another seat on the commission. That's the lineup for Thursday, January 25th. The 812 continues in a moment. Stay tuned. This is The 812, I'm Steve Volan. Shruti Rana, newly elected to the City Council, and her husband got offered jobs they couldn't refuse, but those jobs are out of state. Because they're moving to Missouri, Rana announced her resignation as of February 7th, which will be her fourth and last official regular session of City Council. While her tenure will be one of the shortest in city history, it's still significant, a topic we hope to explore with her in a future show. Today, our guest is one of the three candidates who filed to replace her as the District 5 representative on the City Council. By state law, the Democratic Party, whose candidate won the election last November, has to set a caucus to fill the seat within 30 days of February 7th. The other two have been invited and we will get each of them on the show as soon as possible. We've also invited and are hoping to have Rana herself on the show. Jason Moore came to Bloomington to become the city's fire chief and served the entirety of the Hamilton administration. He resigned before current Mayor Kerry Thompson took office. Now a private citizen, the District 5 resident is vying in the Democratic Party caucus that will choose Rana's replacement. Jason Moore, welcome to the 812. My guest today is Jason Moore, candidate for the District 5 City Council seat being vacated by Shruti Rana. He's the city's former fire chief, but we're going to have him back on a later show just to talk about his experience and observations about fire service in Bloomington. We've also invited the other two declared candidates, Courtney Daly and Jenny Stevens, to appear on the show. Jason Moore, welcome to the 812.
1: Steve, thank you for having me.
0: So what... Got into your fool head to decide to run for office? Have you not seen my example? Are you? Are you what's wrong with you? Why are you running for office?
1: Well, I think uh, after you've been a public servant for 23 years, like I have, um, you know, deciding to retire, move on, redefine, redevelop myself. Um, I've got a lot of their job skills, but the one part of my life that's going to be missing is that public service aspect. Um, I really didn't have my eyes set on anything like this, but this is an, a unique opportunity. Uh, from Shruti stepping down and again, wishing her well um, and, you know, good luck with all the work she's doing. But um, realistically, it's a way for me to give back. And honestly, um, take all of my years of experience, especially the last eight working for the city as a department head, turn that back around and then continue to give to our community.
0: You retired at the end of last year. I did. It's been less than a month. Um, So what would you say are your bona fides for being the District 5 representative?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, we have to look at what what does a city council member do? Um, first and foremost, they are a fiscal approving agent for the city. Um, so the fiscal responsibilities uh, is one of their primary functions. Um, for me, I've got eight budget cycles of experience, reading the complex documents, understanding uh, you know the tax revenues, and basically every department's kind of Function flow, uh, how their finances run, um, some of the very complex issues about you know the PS lit that was passed, the ED lit, um, so that's the public safety lit and the economic development lit. Okay, explain um, lit to um, people who don't. That's know what the that is. local income tax. Okay. So uh, new taxes that were built to help, like for my role as the fire chief, um, really enhance the ability to provide equipment and other things the fire department needed.
0: So there was the economic development lit and the public safety lit. These were, in other words, the uh, the city had the ability to raise a local income tax, and it did so in a couple of different uh, tranches. It did.
1: Um, public safety lit uh, was definitely for public safety. So it's for dispatch first. Mm-hmm. So the nine one one services that serve the entire county, and then uh, then gets broken down by the distributive units. So that's the city.
0: What, are, what, what do you mean distributive units? So that
1: would be the city of Bloomington. County Ellettsville, and then Steinsville gets a very small share. Right, um, they are an incorporated
0: place. Yeah. So,
1: uh, what it could be spent on is public safety. The city chose to spend theirs on the police and fire, uh, mainly for capital replacements. That's where the new fire trucks, uh, gear, and equipment for the police. That's what pays for their new police cars and and all that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, realistically, uh, in depth knowledge of how we came to have these uh, tax. Revenues coming in, how they're supposed to be spent, I think is a huge advantage walking into a job that, that has a lot of fiscal oversight. So you're familiar with
0: city budgeting, and that's one big reason why you th- you feel qualified to uh, to be on the other side of the dais there.
1: Absolutely. Um, it is a learning curve, and for me, uh, the learning curve will be very short um, as far as – it is a different role, you know, being yeah. someone that has to review versus someone that has to prepare – But all the experience preparing all those documents, understanding, you know, just the basic foundations of the four categories and how state finances, uh, the State Board of Accounts requires finances to go, would be, you know, a huge benefit for a relatively young council. Do you, um,
0: well, let's talk about uh, the district that you are running to represent. Uh, District 5 is one of the, is perhaps the most, uh, the newest district in, in town, as in it didn't exist before. It was sort of a cannibalizing several other districts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it represents, I think, the southeast side of the city. Correct. Uh, can you tell us more about what you see the district as being like?
1: Um, when you look at District 5, uh, and again, it was from the redistricting. Uh, it is a new district. Um, it's also why... We had a lot of incumbent candidates that had to go against each other in this last election. In other districts, that's right. There yeah. was
0: no, there was no incumbent in District Five, that's right? right.
1: Um, but realistically, it's it's a, a lot of the housing. Um, you have some large businesses on the east side, but a vast majority of it is is really just large neighborhoods. Um, and and I would say, um, looking at some of the priorities of that district, when you look at things like the city survey, you know they uh, they were the city survey, yeah. Uh, Something that you know the pre or prior administration did it was I think it was every two years um, did That's a right. survey just to kind of get metrics on uh, you know what what did uh, city residents uh, you know find as a, in a thing that they really love, things that they didn't like, um, things that they prioritized. Um, you know looking at those results, especially from district five, uh, you see a lot of folks uh, that were you know they're, they're thinking about the issues dealing with homelessness. Uh, Economic development is huge for them, and public safety concerns, I think, is another big one for them, uh, which then, again, leans into my strengths of public safety knowledge.
0: My guest is Jason Moore. He is one of the three candidates vying to replace Rana as the District 5 representative on the Bloomington City Council. Um, Let's talk about some of the issues. Um, What is an issue that you uh, consider to be Important to the rep- to the people of District Five.
1: Well, I think uh, everyone in the city kind of sees public safety as a primary function of government, mm-hmm. and uh, there are concerns um, across the entire city of you know big issues that affect public safety. Um, you know, things from uh, the short-staffed police to you know the the firefighters who have been very public about being underpaid. Um, you know, a lot of things have come around and I think what's important to understand is again, just the historical context that I bring. I understand what's been done, what's been trying to be done to address some of these issues and then what else needs to be done. Uh, but understanding that I think is, is going to be big. Um, you know, thinking beyond just public safety, which is kind of my wheelhouse of 23 years of public service. Right. Um, I want to get into the economic development. You know, we've got, uh, you know, Big businesses that have shut down entire divisions and they're they're laying people off. Mm-hmm. We have others that are coming in. We have a lot of exciting things with the mill, uh, this new tech center. Um, but you're also seeing just kind of decline. It's not just Bloomington original. You know, it's it's across the U.S. But retail spaces that are going unfilled. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, East Side we've just lost a the movie theater. We've yep. got a you know a whole wing of the mall that shut down. I think it's time for us to start thinking about what tools do we have as a city council and as a city to help bring back some of that economic development and growth. Uh,
0: I mean, so are the, the, the theater, for example, is in district five, is it? It is. Yeah. I, I actually took my niece there to a movie in August, right before they closed down. And, uh, the first chair we sat in, I almost fell backwards. It broke. Mm-hmm. And I just, it didn't occur to me that they weren't investing in the theater anymore. Uh, cause they closed within a couple of weeks after that. So it was a shame. Uh, do you think a theater should come back to the east side?
1: I, I don't know if a theater is right, but, um, you know, what I do know is, you know, there's a 2013 study out there that says the Southeast needs a fire station. Mm-hmm. Um, there are opportunities there, um, you know, for whether it's that site and another site. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that have kind of been under the radar. A lot of people don't realize that are issues, because of how well the employees work. So that all the city employees work to help, you know, keep those issues at bay. Um, but I think it's time that we start addressing some of those really big issues, the hard to tackle ones that that weren't addressed already. How do you feel
0: about uh, incentives for economic development? Like what incentives would you, uh, or, or what, if not incentives, what other strategies might you use to attract economic development?
1: Well, I think uh, – You know, as the legislative branch, it's your policies, right? So if we create opportunities that make it easier for certain businesses to come in, that's how you demonstrate a willingness for those things to be here. Um, Tax breaks is a double-edged sword, right? You give a tax break, and then you're not going to collect the taxes that sometimes uh, those services and those businesses, you you know, they'll bring in, um, but then they'll also have more demand, right? So it'll put a bigger demand on perhaps our streets or on our infrastructure. Right. So that's a double edged sword, but I mean those are some of the tools that are available to someone in city council. Um, I think realistically, I need to understand one thing i'm not I'm not the expert in this right okay. so uh seeking out input I think is really important i mean
0: I totally agree I, and yet you can have an opinion on say a tax abatement. Are you somebody who would favor tax abatements or to lean against them? you know do you have any opinion? On their use?
1: Um, I would say that I, I'm not a blanket statement kind of person, right? <laughs> okay. So I think there's there's definitely areas where it would make sense. There's some areas that may not make sense. Um, you know, paying attention to the previous council meetings, you saw people that were very compliant with those abatements that brought in new jobs, did the right things, did the reporting. They did. That's right. They earned that abatement. Uh, you've seen others that did not comply, that weren't, weren't doing what they were supposed to, and, and they've lost them. So I think it, it really comes down to those partnerships, working with the businesses and evaluating each one. What can they bring to the community? And does that, you know, net brought value that they bring, does that, you know, offset what we're going to lose in the tax revenue?
0: Okay, let's go on to a, another issue. Now, I mean, you've already talked about public safety quite mm-hmm. a bit. That is certainly your wheelhouse and what you spent most of your time in. Um Public safety isn't just dispatch, police, and fire. It's the issues that they have to address. So, certainly a big issue in Bloomington is homelessness. Um, What is your general take? I mean, what was I want to ask you about your experience, but I'm trying to limit this to uh, uh, just what you would do. Um, But, uh, you know, how would you tackle the issue of homelessness as a council member?
1: I think what's interesting is um, as a council member, we're not we're not nine mayors, right? It's the mayor's job is to deal with these. We're there to support or if they're doing things that, you know, the council doesn't like as a whole to stop. Um, what I would support is continued investments in this like third branch of public safety, the social service side. You know, the police have a, a police social worker program. The fire department has a mobile and great health. Um, there's, they have a what? Mobile integrated health program. Mobile integrated health, yeah. Okay. Um, which is a non-sworn position, right? They they don't have sworn police or fire uh, doing these things. There's kind of that softer touch, um, you know. Continued investments in the local resources. So we do have a lot, right? Okay. Um, so continued investments, you know. Homelessness is a very complicated problem. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not one particular cause. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of industry experts. There's a lot of reports. There's a lot of people in our community working on this. I think from a council perspective, uh, it's, you know, politicians, You how you support things is where the money goes, right? It's one thing to talk about it, but at the end of the day, where does the money go to support programs is really your priority. So for me, you know, making sure that there is money to continue to support uh, some of these advancements, um, boiling down to some of the root causes. You know, we saw a, a fairly significant increase in some things post-COVID. But, you know, some people don't know that during COVID, you know, we got a grant, not the city, but, you know, local entity got a grant to make us a regional center for people experiencing homelessness that had COVID-related issues. Hmm. So, you know, you bring that here. We got overflow from Indy. We became, you know, kind of the surrounding county area for come here if you need help. Um, We've also got um, some drug treatment centers that have taken over areas, you know, small apartment complexes and they're providing services. You know, you've got a whole lot of just different things that are happening. Some of them have negative effects, some of them are positive, but from council side, I would want to support continued initiatives to help address these issues. My guest today is Jason
0: Moore, one of the three candidates vying <coughs> to replace Ruth Irana. Rana as, as the district five representative on the city council. We'll be back after a break. This is The 812. We're back with our guest today, Jason Moore, one of three people vying to replace Shruti Rana as the District 5 representative on the City Council. She leaves office on February 7th, and a date for the uh, the caucus where the Democratic Party will choose a new nominee has not yet been set, but will be within 30 days of February 7th. So let's talk about uh, quality of life issues. Uh, What... uh, how do you define quality of life, and what do you see as the status of the quality of life for Bloomington citizens yeah. in general?
1: I think quality of life is kind of that catch-all. Um, you know, it's everything from the condition of the roads, the sidewalks, to the bike paths, to you know all these things that affect your day-to-day life is is the quality of life issues. Um, <clears throat> I think what's interesting to me is someone that's kind of been on the the outside looking in a little bit, you know, moving to this community just in 2016 is that a lot of the people that are on either side of the issue, you know, we want more bike paths. We want less bike paths. We want more of this, more of that, less of this. Um, don't realize that that they're essentially arguing uh, against themselves in a lot of ways. All right. So quality of life. About
0: two different groups of people arguing against themselves and not each other.
1: Um, well, I guess what I would say is so let's just take something um, – very, very basic, and I don't want to get too in-depth, but, you know, we okay. don't want more height downtown. You know, we want to maintain the, the character of the, the skyline of Bloomington. But some of the same people don't want annexation. They don't want any urban sprawl. They don't want any outside growth. Um, so when you talk about quality of life issues, you really got to understand that, first and foremost, uh, we have Indian University, which is about a quarter of the city geographically represented. Right. It's a greater portion of our population. Um, and as Indiana university grows, it's essentially annexing the city. It's, it's taking out pieces of the city. They're no longer paying city tax. Um, but we need to start thinking about in, in holistic terms of what's sustainable, you know, how are we going to maintain the good park system? How are we going to maintain the roads and the sidewalks and, you know, add sidewalks where they make sense, add the parks and trails. So I think, you know, the past, eight years, 10 years. Uh, There's been a lot of interconnectivity of all the parks and trails systems. So it's actually a system, not individual places where you walk to the end and then that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking about um, some of the newer things out there where, you know, they're looking at how can we better identify areas that need work, you know, not just relying on someone to call in and say, I've got a pothole, but how do we pre-address some of those issues? Um, So, you know, for me, I think uh, the quality of life issues we need to think about is how can we do these things better? You know, how can we get more input? How can we get people to, to let us know how can we leverage technology and innovation? There's so many things out there with developing around AI, machine learning, um, you know, just camera imagery analysis. So, I mean, how can we get better as a city and leverage the resources we have? Well, that, that's, a, that's a
0: very broad uh, statement. There's a lot in there to dig into. Um, when you talk about, Let's just start with AI. What what are you talking about? Are you talking about uh, cameras uh, to to, do, to perform some functions? What are you talking about?
1: Well, when you when you think about it, and you know, it is such a broad term, and it can get really scary for people. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about you know the Terminator, or, you know, how, how far can these things go? Um, <laughs> this,
0: this interview got off the rails pretty yeah. quickly.
1: Well, I wanted to keep it interesting. Is
0: Skynet uh, uh, a part no, of our future?
1: No, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but I, I think what's important is to think that there are new emerging tools, you know, truly disruptive technologies out there that, you know, we could send a person walking every mile of street and sidewalk of Bloomington to write down all the issues, mm-hmm. or could we take programs that are already kind of in place and enhance them? Things like, I don't know. Uh, attach a camera to a trash truck that drives the streets every single day, and it starts mapping out and reporting where the potholes are, where the, the broken sidewalks oh, are. Um, but that takes technology. You know, you could have a person review hours and hours of footage. That's not. That's not good. There's there's applications out there that can oh, I help see. do the job that we're trying to do. So I think one thing that I focused on in the fire department. And I, do, I want to stay away from that a little bit, but leveraging innovation and technology to help us do the job better. I'd like to see that citywide. So
0: in other words, uh, just to, to drill down on that initial idea you had that you could use a, a a truck like a sanitation truck that patrols the streets every day to, uh, to strap a camera to it and then let it, AI review it for potholes. Yeah, I see. That's an interesting idea. Um, so, uh, Speaking of which, so I mean, uh, do you have an opinion on, say, I know one the issue that has been um, of concern to residents, I think, in that quadrant of the city where you live is uh, leaf collection. Um, do you have an opinion about uh, whether or not the city should be collecting
1: leaves? And if so, how? I, I think, uh, you know, I was a part of that innovation team that, that drilled down and it was a multi-department function that, you know, we're not looking at it just as people that collect leaves. So just to be clear, you're saying that there was a team of people
0: in City Hall in the last administration that was analyzing this idea? Yes. Okay.
1: Um, I will say for some people, and again, it's, for me, it's, it's always what's the right fit. For my family, I live in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the type of trees, the amount of trees. Mulching it, you know, putting it in our compost was a perfectly reasonable solution. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of the other houses in District Five, especially that have some of those really old growth trees, and Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's going to be something that's that's useful for them. Uh, But I also say that
0: that that it would be for some houses, it wouldn't be viable. To mulch all the leaves because they have so many? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. When right. you when you've got a five foot stack of leaves, that's hard to mulch down and, and make it functional and usable with just a normal lawnmower. I can think of a function for it. I'm gonna go jump into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's uh that's the playful side five of Steve. Foot high. That's yeah. Dang. Um but again, I, I I I hate blanket ideas. I hate, you know, this is this is how we're gonna do it across everywhere. I think there's areas it makes sense to do things, there's areas it doesn't. Um, uh, when you talk about something that, uh, seems novel, uh, you know, an idea of leaf collection, you know, this was really balancing the, the cost and benefit, you know, it was hard to do, it was hard to time, it was hard to keep the equipment running. There's the environmental impact, the, you know, staff and time impact. And ultimately, you know, they decided that let's just not do it anymore. That doesn't mean that that's not right for certain areas. I would also say, you know, we just talked about economic development. I also saw three or four businesses pop up like overnight, offering to help people with their leaves. Huh. So is it necessarily a city function or is it a function of, I, I have a problem that's not the problem that's across the entire city and I need some help with innovation, right?
0: Uh, my guest today is Jason Moore. He's one of three people running for the uh, to fill the seat, being vacated by Shruti Rana on February 7th, the District 5 seat on the Bloomington City Council. Well, so are you saying then that you uh, would uh, support ending the leaf collection program?
1: I, again, not blanket statements. I think there's areas it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to run it, right? There's, there's people that don't participate. There's people that are perfectly fine, letting it sit in place until it decomposes. There's people, you know, I'd prefer to put it in my, uh, my mulching area and so you know, compost area. Maybe
0: you would, uh, reduce the program to only certain areas of the city that are really in need of it somehow.
1: Well, and I think the other problem is we're, we're thinking that, you know, from a standpoint of how would we run this, that's not city council's perspective necessarily, right? That's that's the mayor's perspective of how do these things actually function? I think council, you kind of set the boundaries, you know, well, how, well, first do, how all, do we I, want I, things I, to function?
0: I, let's, let's clarify here. I'm no longer on the council, although yes. I appreciate you pointing at me. I mean, I know you were used to dealing with me as a council member. Um, but I'm no longer one. But uh, I would push back on the idea that council uh, shouldn't uh, have some say in how issue uh, how services are carried out. Uh, are you saying that uh, that council should leave that kind of decision to the mayor?
1: No, I think that we work with the mayor. Right. This, okay. this is about a collaborative relationship. Agreed. Uh, the mayor is uh, you know, accountable to all the residents of the, the city. Uh, as a council member, if I'm specifically for District 5, I'm accountable to the District 5 right. uh, constituents. So, um, you know, if my particular district feels very strongly about a way, it's my job as a council member would be to advocate for how we would like to see things done. Um, but that doesn't mean at the end of the day, it does come down to uh, kind of the mayor's decision, the executive function of the government. What's the decisions to be made? Council holds the purse string, so to speak, right? So if they don't agree, then they – really have a lot of nuclear options, which I think you know we saw several times over the past you know eight, eight plus years of we really don't want this, we really want this, and we're going to hold on to this until something happens differently. Um, but that, that does create problems. So I do think you have to push back. but I don't think that it can't be done more collaboratively. We can't have the discussions. Uh, one thing that I really appreciated uh, you know is the discussion of how is budgeting done? You know, it may not always be uh, collaborative in nature. It may be more of the "here's how we're going to do it." What do you think? And then all you have is your nuclear option. Uh, the idea so you're
0: being, you're talking about council being the by the nuclear option. You're saying that the council really can only cut the whole budget or cut major portions of the budget. They can't really surgically fine tune the the budget. They can only cut things they can't move money correct either. yeah yeah
1: so you know it, it does come down to you have to have the relationships you have to collaborate and work together or else really nothing can get done
0: so i never thought of uh, using the phrase mutually assured destruction"
1: to describe
0: the council mayor relationship but i suppose that uh, that's always been true but yeah. the way that the state is set up budgeting
1: it, it could be but I, again um, you know as a department head sitting in all these meetings where I, i'd listen to council say you know, we, we may not approve this budget. There's a lot of really bad, you know, repercussions that come from that. Um, and understanding that, I think that's the other key is, you know, getting into these uh, positions, you have to understand what the weight of your your decision will be. You know, just because I disagree or I, I agree with something, there there are repercussions to those. And in the council's world, there's a lot of financial repercussions. So uh, again, I don't, I don't want it to be doom and gloom. I want it to be that there's an opportunity for collaboration and growth.
0: Uh, in our final couple of minutes we have here, I wanted to go back to something you said about uh, representing your district. So there's a couple of different schools of thought about representation. One of them is that you should basically do what you think your constituents want. And then the other is you should lead your constituents. In other words, they don't always know what they want or they don't know what's going on and they elected you to uh to represent to do things for them. So, uh how I mean, you have said several times you're not a blanket statement kind of guy, so how would you describe that balance between doing what you think is right and doing what you think the constituents think is right?
1: Well, I think I think there's one complication to this whole thing and that's that we had someone who was elected through you know the, the actual process mm-hmm. that's stepping out so the the area already voted on what they wanted to see okay um so i think that there has to be some relevance to the platform that truly ran on uh, because they voted for mm-hmm. um so taking into consideration things that were important to her i think is important um but also um you know, I, I'm the kind of person that uh, I think that you shouldn't be making decisions about people that affect their lives without gathering input to, to some extent, right? Um, you'll never make everyone happy, and I understand that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, knowing that uh, I didn't go through a normal election process to, to potentially get this uh, position, um, doing the homework, being in the community, making myself accessible, I really see this as an extension of what I did as a fire chief, right? Right except now it's not just fire-related issues. It could be any issue that people have. Um, And I also see this as a a huge opportunity for education, right? So a lot of people that that have uh, really strong feelings one way or the other about an issue that they read about in the news don't always understand everything behind it. So I I see this as an opportunity to have that transparency of government, get out, talk to people, uh, give both sides of the story, and, you know, the the big thing that I find um, being a, a leader is sometimes people get upset about the choices you make, but they didn't realize the choices you had to choose from. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be a huge aspect moving forward that when we talk about, you know, it was this or that. Um, why did we make these choices as a city? Because well, we
0: didn't have any other many other choices, is what you're saying. That,
1: that's it. And, um, you know, I think those are the things that help people understand the common sense approach of. You know, not talking over someone's head, bringing it to them, uh, helping them understand. Um, but, you know, obviously you're not going to get 100% buy-in. Uh, you know, the more people that you're, you're a leader of, the, the less likelihood you're ever going to get 100% buy-in. Um, but I think that someone with my background has the opportunity to bring a lot of institutional knowledge, understanding of why some of the decisions in the past have been made, and then understanding of the choices. And that, that to me, I think is important. If you don't understand the choices you had, you know, like I said, just like on the budget, you know, some people will say, well, you didn't do enough to stop the mayor from doing this or from, you know, you wanted the mayor to do more of that. Um, I think you have to understand that you only have these two choices, right? So, um, realistically, um, I think the, the big thing we want to talk about is I want to bring it to the people, hear the input, and then bring that back. Jason Moore, thank you for being on the 812. Thank you for the opportunity, and I look forward to coming back uh, as many times as you need to talk about issues.
0: Uh, Jason Moore is one of three candidates vying to replace Shruti Rana as the District 5 representative on the city council. Uh, She retires from council on February 7th. Uh, A caucus of the Democratic Party will be called within 30 days of that date. We'll be inviting the other two declared candidates, Courtney Daly and Jenny Stevens, to appear on the show. Ah. On the next show, Charlotte Zitlow, the former Monroe County Commissioner, after whom the Justice Building is named, and the former candidate for mayor of Bloomington, got her start in politics running for city council in 1971. It was a pivotal election that became the subject of her second book, 1971, How We Won she'll talk about what it was like to be one of the first women ever elected to Bloomington's council and the first woman ever elected council president. Join us for that interesting interview tomorrow. That's our show for today. Do you like The 812? Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Steve Voland, the host and executive producer. The 812 is a production of Plataea Media. Thanks for listening, Bloomington. You can find more information at The 812 Show dot org.